Hello and welcome to Is Riverdale Good, the weekly podcast where we visit Riverdale, the town with Pep, mm. and recap each episode, explore ships, theories, casting news, official press, juicy off-screen rumors, and answer the question on everyone's mind, is Riverdale actually good? I think it is. Only that's good. I'm Chris, and with me, as always, is my partner in life, love, and podcasting, Brittany. Thank you. Hi. Yes. yes hello. I'm here. So uh, a little bit of background on this podcast. Um, we discovered Riverdale a few weeks ago on Netflix and amazing. pretty much immediately binge-watched the entire series. Now, you had seen the first episode. I did. I saw that. I mean, I love pretty much every CW show mm-hmm. for the most part, and I watched the first episode when it aired. And my mom also watched. She was the one that told Is me she to watch it. Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah. check out this new Archie show. And it was the kind of thing where like it sat on the DVR and it accumulated, and I mm-hmm. never got back to it. I liked the first episode, and then it popped up on Netflix. And here we are. Yeah, exactly. 13 and episodes it, in three days. It was a little funny because even though you're the big fan of CW shows and I'm not, I was I was like, oh, I'm interested. Like, let's see yeah. this. So, so I pulled it up and then we like watched all the shows. So yes. anyway, so we, we fell in love with the show and we started telling our friends about, oh, you got to watch, watch Riverdale. And one of our good friends asked us, so is Riverdale a good show or is it a good show for the CW? Right. Which to me Which is kind of like... That was very interesting. Yeah, it's a very interesting question. And it's kind of the million dollar question because... It, it Riverdale yeah. is very it doesn't shy away from the fact that it's a teen soap um, but I think there's a lot of other elements to it that make it definitely more a little bit a little it's deeper. not a status quo show it's not yeah. you know it's not the 2006 shows of the OC and One Tree Hill I mean all mm-hmm. those shows kind of came out at the same time it's not a gossip girl it doesn't have the it doesn't have the the classic teen drama hook which is Oh, mm-hmm. it's teen drama. Right. The hook in this show is very different because it's a, like a, it's, essentially a murder mystery. Yeah, it's show. murder, and it's not so, like it's not always after school special, mm-hmm. but sometimes it does. And so, and so, well, you know, it's a very interesting show. So we we, we just, have a lot to talk about. We've got lots to talk about. So we we decided after we watched the first one that we liked it so much that we would do a podcast that kind of answers that question: Is Riverdale good? And what makes a show good? Right. And what makes a yeah. show good? And like, why can't this, which is kind of like a teen drama, like be a good show? Like, is it automatically? Because it's not, you know, Breaking Bad or right. Man, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so that is what we're going to be doing in this podcast. And also we're going to recap the episodes and we're going to talk about it and just have some fun we're with gonna it. We're going to cover all kinds of stuff. I follow everybody on Instagram now. So like yep. one-stop shop for Riverdale <laughs> News. We are all about it. It's true. The, the pl- ships, the theories, the... Everything. everything. We got it. All we the, got you. All the fandom news yes. right here. Uh, and so the plan right now. And with now, a little bit of like industry insider knowledge. Yes, because both of true. us um, lived and worked in Los Angeles for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of know. Like three years, not like 30 years. I mean, we're, we're pretty young. We're actually in our 50s. <laughs> a, no. A relatively <laughs> we just love, low number. We just love CW shows. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we have the we have that going for us. Too. Yeah, we got a little, a little experience. Yeah, some I production mean, insight that we could bring to production insight. We you know. studied TV and film in school, mm-hmm. so you know we we know what we're talking about. Yeah, a brush little that bit. dirt off our shoulders and let's go. Exactly. So yeah. let's get right into it. Chapter one: The River's Edge. Um, yes. And as with any pilot, the main thing that happens <clears throat> in this episode is that we're introduced to the characters in the town of Riverdale, and in this episode, the new normal after a mysterious death Ooh. shakes the town. So we'll oh. go through how we meet. Each character. Yes. But before we get involved with that, we have to talk about the aesthetics of the show. The feel of the show. Yeah. yeah. Which really jumps out right from the beginning. I mean, it was interesting because we were looking at it's clips. almost the main character. Yeah. The town and the feel and the ambiance. We were looking at the beginning clips of a few other soaps, uh, Pretty Little Liars and Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. And 
they did not feel like this. I well, mean, yeah, this starts with this, like, like this. Lana Del Rey music video. Oh, I love it. Kind of vibe. Um, I ate it right up. It's got all these great, really interesting close-ups and, like, very specific visuals and a lot of colorization and really interesting cinematography. So there's these aerial shots that I'm just, like, mm-hmm. obsessed with a number of times throughout the first episode. There's, like, an aerial shot of the car that the Blossoms are driving, which we kind of open on them going to the river and we find out the crux of why we're coming to the story now is because jason blossom fell into the water and drowned and yep. um but there's all kinds of great like this great flat space mm-hmm. shot yeah of well, just cheryl and her parents on the back of a boat and it's just there's just like so much we'll talk here. a lot about flat yeah. space because they do it all the time which is this term by the cinematographer bruce mm, block there's yes. this whole book that we both studied because we we went to the same college and we took the same same film classes. class yeah. Uh, and, and one of them is Flat Space, which like Wes Anderson does a lot, where it's like all the characters are, it's very like Everyone's head on the same on, plane and you're just looking right. straight at somebody. It's like very symmetrical feeling mm-hmm. and it's very like, there's nowhere to escape. There's not a lot of depth because you're not supposed to be focusing on anything else. It's mm-hmm. just kind of, and it, whoa, it gives it's it a all very, coming like, towards you at once. Yeah, it gives it a very like cinematic yes. feel. And so when people see it, it's kind of one of these things where it's like, oh, instantly oh, like, oh, that's yeah. very, very cinematic, very indie, very artsy. I react to this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh my. Whereas, <laughs> yes. you know, most shows are, they come from this idea that you're going to do like coverage. It's these two people mm-hmm. talking together and you're just going to do this shot and establishing shots and yeah. you know, wide, wide shot, medium, close, close up, up close right, up. Wide, exactly. medium, close up, close up. And then this yep. one throws that out the window in the first couple minutes and you're, it's like music video and it's everywhere. So, I know. It's yeah. like anything that starts off with just like a series of close ups and no wide shots, you're like, oh, that's it. I'm intrigued, I'm <laughs> intrigued. I want to know what, I want to know. Cause you, cause you don't start with a wide shot. So you yeah. don't feel established. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to kind of, trying to get yeah, your bearings just, throughout the whole thing. You're like, what is this? This is a little mysterious. I don't quite know where we are. I don't quite know who these people are. Like it just, it just, oh, I love it. Pulls you in and drags you, dare I say, under the water. Whoa. Like one Jason <laughs> no. Blossom. Yes. Who Poor we, Jason. Who we meet. Uh, well, we don't Jason, meet because he's dead. captain of the water polo team yes. who drowned who in a complacent drowned. river. Yes. Yes. Uh, according to the story of his sister, Cheryl, who Cheryl. the story goes that they went for an early morning boat ride on July 4th and she dropped her glove mm. in the water and Cheryl went after it and Jason went after Jason, it yeah Jason went after it sorry Cheryl yeah. dropped it Jason went after it Jason fell in the water and now he's dead Oof. intrigue it was crazy <laughs> so yeah I guess we should start talking about the Blossoms there's not too much to talk about Jason other than like he's well, kind of yeah. the catalyst of the story <laughs> at this point but we can talk about Cheryl mm-hmm. one thing I will say about the Blossoms and that kind of ties into the aesthetic it kind of thing that we were talking about is the color red as mm-hmm. it relates to the blossoms i yes. mean they both have red hair the car is red cheryl steps out of the car and she's got a red shoe they call her the red widow mm-hmm. later in the episode like she's got red lipstick she's always wearing red and um the lamps in her house are even red at some point mm-hmm. um so and a lot of another thing we talked about in some of these film classes are colors and what they represent and every mm-hmm. color doesn't have to quintessentially mean what you expect it to mean like red right. doesn't always it, mean danger it, it could mean it doesn't need a anything. direct connotation yeah, to something always but sometimes it does in the context of the show like right. red could mean royal as opposed mm-hmm. to usually purple means royal but in this show that's what it's being used for so we talked a lot about and you start getting this mental association going right we talked mm-hmm. a lot about like what exactly does the color red mean and I think power is mm-hmm. where, where we're at so far. I mean, they're a I, rich family. Mm-hmm. It's 
a very bright color. It's very intense, and so is Cheryl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind at of first, tell. I was like, mm, I don't know. Maybe they're just going with red. You know, it's like a family crest color. But then I think it's interesting to think about when um, in there's a future episode when Betty puts on very red lipstick, yeah, and and her mom takes it off, and so and I like. She was becoming more Betty, powerful. I was gonna there. say when we meet Betty, she her she's entirely pink. Her yeah. the lamps in her room are pink and all that kind of thing. So it's a very different feel. Exactly. Um, for sure. But yeah, um, back to Cheryl. I think she's just like in this episode, she's just kind of playing the antagonist mm-hmm. in general. I mm-hmm. mean, she's the head cheerleader and she like likes to cause problems and it's very much like I was getting a very much like mean girls vibe. Yeah. She's very the Regina George of uh Riverdale High? Is, yeah. that, is that the right Yeah, she's Regina, oh, okay, good. Regina George. I get them confused yeah, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> no. The Gretchen Wieners and Karen mm-hmm. and Regina. Yeah. Well, now it's really good. There you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting because you can tell there's a lot more to her bubbling under the surface. Like, she mm-hmm. seems like, clearly, like, she's a twin. Her twin has died. Like, that's very intense to mm-hmm. go through. But she's kind of mourning in a really weird way where she's just kind of like powering through and making sure pep rallies are happening and like putting pictures of her brother up everywhere and then like at the dance being like now we're going to play the song that jason and i were conceived yeah oh god that favorite song and everyone's like that was so strange super uncomfortable so you do get like a weird you know they go into the water holding hands and the beginning of the episode and you get kind of oh, like yeah. a weird like are they together yeah vibe? a little game here? of thrones episode yeah. one yeah. situation where you're like yeah. jamie and cersei is Very that much. you like yeah exactly oh, man <laughs> but it's interesting just in general i feel like she i'm talking about the cheerleading scene where she's kind of like bullying betty into Mm-hmm. trying to talk about her sister and all this stuff yeah. and it seems like she's just trying to control her surroundings because maybe she doesn't have a lot of control anymore because her brother died and she was there and she witnessed it or whatever happened which we'll find out later in the season yeah. but and she's also just causing chaos to right. cause chaos you know That's she true. says at the dance like uh make sure they get invited to my party oh my I wanna, God, cheryl. I feel, i'm in the mood for chaos or cheryl. whatever and it's like oh cheryl oh cheryl yeah so she's an interesting character. Yeah, and she loves to antagonize um, Betty. Yeah, that's true. But she also likes to antagonize the next character we meet, Veronica Lodge. Oof, yeah, so Who true. is the new mystery girl in town, according to our mm. narrator Jughead, which we'll get into in a second. But the next scene is Veronica and her mom, Hermione, not of Harry Potter relation, uh, arriving. I wish Emma Watson was in this <laughs> show, though. That would be amazing. That would be, that would be an interesting twist. Maybe yeah. we'll get her for a future season. Um but they are back from New York where uh, Veronica's dad, Hermione's husband, is in jail for Bernie Madoff-esque financial misdealings. Don't you mean Nate Archibald's father-esque <laughs> financial dealings, embezzlement, and yes. fraud? The classic rich uh, teen drama problem yes. to have. Exactly. Your dad was stealing things from the company. Yep. But one, yeah. one of the mini teen shows. I love the is. first shot. The first shot of Veronica is also shot very interesting mm, because it's like mm-hmm. this hot, this like low angle or high angle shot of like her high down through the window. The window. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then she pops out, and her and her mom are both wearing these great dresses and matching pearls. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, who right. are these classy <laughs> ladies? Like, yes, I am into it. Go on. She's so yeah. interesting, and she's you know you can tell she's really close with her mom. She's super protective of her dad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know when she's getting the tour from Betty and Kevin's like, is it true about your dad? And she 
she's like, I stand by him. Yeah. Very, but, very know, almost like lawyerly. Yes. Like, I, I stand by very my father. Very intense. You know? But, you know, you kind of see a little bit later in the episode where she knew that a lot of the thing, the bad things people were saying about her dad and about her family after the stuff came out were mm-hmm. true. Like, she yeah. acknowledges that, but she's still standing by her family, which I feel like you would do yeah. as a teen. But it's true. Yeah. Yeah, so she stands by. She stands by Hiram, but and she's trying to kind of revamp her image a little bit. That's true. Yeah, because she went through something that was so intense and devastating and moved, and now she's trying to be mm-hmm. good, Veronica. Yeah, instead and, of Ice Queen Veronica. Exactly, and and yeah. she's trying to do it now that she's met uh, Betty Cooper. When later in the episode right. she meets Betty Cooper, who's the next character we're introduced to. So we go from the Pembroke Pink in all day. downtown Riverdale. I guess. That's where it is. I mean. <laughs> Riverdale doesn't the, seem like... Here's where it is. Are you ready? Yeah. The right side of the tracks. That, Riverdale. <laughs> yes, very true. Obviously the right side of the yeah. tracks. Also on the right side of the tracks <clears throat> is uh, Betty Cooper, who we meet when she's hanging out with her best friend, Kevin Keller, yep. getting ready to go on a date. Sponsored by CoverGirl, man. Sponsor- yes. Betty Cooper has got a the blonde lot. ponytail. She's got the mascara. She's got the pink <laughs> lipstick. She's got the pink wallpaper, the pink bedspread, the, the like, she's got pink white everything. heart mirror the pink lamps like she's yeah she is like the quintessential girl ne- perfect girl next door yeah general look but is she but is she i don't but know but is she Ooh. yeah we find Ooh. out a little more about that later in the episode but for right now she's getting ready for her date with her next door neighbor slash friend since they Archie were very young archie andrew hot. yep <laughs> perhaps the most memorable line from Thank the show you, kevin. overall kevin looking through the window going archie, archie got, got hot, hot. <laughs> Um, Six more reasons to grab that ginger <laughs> bull by the horns tonight, Betty. Oh, my goodness. Let's go. Yep. It is weird thinking about all these lines. In the show, you're just like, oh, my. And that, then you say them <laughs> afterwards, and you're like, oh, what is that? This show is crazy, <laughs> yeah. but perhaps in the best way. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, she gets the pep talk from Kevin about grabbing the ginger bull by the horns. And then we get our real introduction to Archie, who... Mm. Is not that interesting. <laughs> oh, poor Archie. I mean, he here's the problem. It's like he's the main character mm-hmm. in a teen drama show slash murder mystery. Slash, like, think about Archie from the comics. Mm-hmm. It's just like he's, it's him. He's like vanilla. That's kind of like his MO. It's true. And we were listening to a uh, interview with the actor who plays Jughead. Cole Sprouse. Cole Sprouse. Yeah who was talking about how, and this was, I think, after the season had wrapped, and everyone was like, oh, I don't know, Archie's kind of boring. And he was like, Mm. well, there's not a whole lot you can do with him because he is the figurehead of the series. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, that kind of makes more sense. It's kind of like Harry Potter also, where it's like, Mm -hmm. at some points you're like, okay, I get it, like, it's Harry Potter. But like, you know, what are you going to do? It's the main main guy. Mm -hmm. So the thing we learn about Archie on this date is that he worked construction with his dad over the summer, yeah. which is where the six-pack apps And we from. learned that Betty is, like, super into Archie. Yeah, that over the like, moon. I mean, I think we were him. all very aware. But, like, the way she's looking at him at, over their dinner at Pops is, like, mm-hmm. just insane. Like, he's talking about how now he's super interested in music, and that's yeah. what he wants to do. That's but, the main thing. And Betty's like, well, can you still do football? Can you still do this? And she's literally looking at him with stars in her eyes. Like, yeah. just, she's like, everything you're saying is amazing. Like, yes, do it all. You're amazing. You're great. And just when and you he's think... just like, dum da dum da dum yeah. Like, I'm just having dinner with my <laughs> friends. Like, whatever. Like, oh, my God. Get it together, Archie. Yeah. And then, just when you think everything is going right, who walks in? 
Finn, but Veronica Lodge oh, man. wearing like a full on cape. Riding Red hood Riding Hood cape. Magic. And she Slow-mo. walks in, catches Archie's eye, and then time slows down. This was Chris's favorite part. I loved this. Of Be- the show. Yeah, it's great because you know it's coming. Like, I did not read any of the comics. As a kid mm-hmm. or, I, I or an adult. I read Betty and Veronica Digest all the time. Right. So you had a yeah. little bit of experience going in. But all I knew about Archie was that he constantly, over the past, you know, 50 years or I, it's probably 60 or 70 years now, however long the comics have existed, just going back and forth between these two girls. Mm-hmm. Like he's dating one and then he's dating the other and then he's dating one and then he's dating the other. So you know it's coming. You know that this dinner this triangle, with Betty can't yeah, end now well. she's in, the ta- in town. And then they just really milk it for all it's worth. They, they were do. just like, we're just going to go over the top with this and it's this full on whoosh, you know here's veronica ruining betty's yes, it's plan like this and, the lana del rey music starts playing again it's yeah, not lana del rey but right, like right, the, right. that esque music plays mm-hmm. and it's mystical and betty's voice goes like wah, 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 <laughs> in the background yeah she's just gliding towards archie as this like mesmerizing person and he's very clearly into her and betty very clearly notices yep as you do when someone that you're having dinner with decides to <laughs> And like, are about to confess your undying love I know, for. Goes like slack jawed and starts looking at other women while you're there. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that's a very interesting scene because you kind of see. You, oof. Yep. You're like, this is going to be a journey. Yeah. <laughs> so that ends and we learned that um, Betty will be giving Veronica her tour of the school tomorrow because yeah. Betty is, of course, outstanding student. Yes. As always. Of course. Uh, and that's when we meet for the first time Josie and the Pussycats. Hey. Who I, oh, I love, did not know love. was part of the Archie verse. I don't think I did either. Yeah. But then, but yeah. I don't hate it. Yeah, In no, fact, I like it too. They're great. I love it. They They're are amazing. Fantastic. Um, and so Archie goes to Josie and the Pussycats and is like, "Hey, I know you guys are the coolest band in town, and I want to like work with you all." Or like, did, does he Josie's say like, like "I want out. you to perform my song"? Yeah, and okay, she's like, "She's like, like literally like I am Beyonce. Like I am doing yeah. my. Are we, I am doing <laughs> my own story. We're writing our yeah. own songs. It's about our own experience." Goodbye, Justin Gingerly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is literally what. <laughs> she says oh my god yeah but by not gonna happen and i'm like i have the utmost respect for you because i feel like i get the feeling that um archie doesn't get told no a lot this is true i mean i I think this got a lot of attention for being a scene where she really puts archie in a place that society was not willing to put him for a while one person is like oh you think you want to be a musician now and write songs like okay yeah, exactly. Um, well, what did, what did Betty do? Of course, she was like, everything's amazing that you're doing right, because she's yeah, in go. love with him, of course. True, but, true. Yeah. So Josie is not having any Josie that. shuts him down mm. and is like, no, thank Respect, you. Respect, girl. Um, and then we end up uh, at the assembly where Cheryl is announcing that her brother's desk. The will, show must go on. The show must go on. We will use the back to school dance as an opportunity to. Oh, my God. Put up uh, a bunch of huge pictures of her dead brother. Yeah, exactly. And, you oh, know, heal God. from the yes. pain that is losing her brother. As you do. Um, but while that's going on, we get introduced to Uh-oh. kind of our final. Well, one of the last characters in the mix, one Geraldine Grundy. Oh my god. Miss Grundy, I have so many problems with Miss Grundy. <laughs> so, uh, I Arch- hate Miss Grundy so much. Archie and Grundy are involved in what is kind of a classic teen Some soap trope. I 
situations were going on. Yes. At, <laughs> between them at the pep rally. There was some eye contact things going on. I will on, say. Through which we learn mm, We got that. a little flashback of them doing it in her VW bug, which looked like in the school parking lot because yes, there, was school there were school buses, buses in the background. Them. She was like, let's go to the most incriminating right. place. I know it's it's summer. No one will be at yeah. the school. There's an abandoned strip mall two miles down the road, but let's stop let's here. Let's go to school. Yeah. Yeah. So we get a good flashback of her rolling up with her, as you said, her the Lolita her glasses. Lolita glasses, yeah. And she's like, hey, boo, what you doing in this heat? How about we heat up this car? <laughs> That's essentially what happened. Yeah. So. Also, it's suddenly night. Also, it's suddenly raining. But whatever. Right. I mean, that's the this dramatic is natural. Things like that that happen. seems good. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then so. we kind of, I mean, the last person we'll talk about is actually the first voice we heard, which is Jughead, who is the narrator of the show. That's true. But before we get to Jughead, I want to ask what you think about the fact that yet again, we have another teen oh, a soap where relationship? A teachers with a student, which ordinarily would be like a gross be illegal and see like here's the thing is like it's literally gross in real life all the time but on every show you're like ooh I'm into Mm, it like (laughs) why though although I will say like I I liked um, Pacey with the teacher in Dawson's Creek I was mm, like okay I get it mm -hmm. I loved Pacey so I was like Pacey anything you want to do I I support I'm like clearly this is not a good idea but you could kind of see the relationship and get behind it Mm -hmm. Pretty Pretty Little Liars was so romanticized between um, Ezra and Arya and in both of those instances they met um, and kind of had flirtations before they knew each other was a student and a teacher Mm -hmm. like Arya and Ezra hooked up and then the next day it was like oh whoops he's your new English teacher Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. same thing with Pacey he met Tamara in a blockbuster remember those (laughs) everyone (laughs) so many of the people watching Riverdale probably don't remember where he met Tamara kind of showing our age yeah yeah. and then she you know showed up at school but this I mean he he knew it was his teacher and they still kind of went went for it they still went for it so I don't know I mean this show is interesting because it's the first instance where I've kind of gotten like a dangerous vibe from the teacher Mm -hmm. and maybe that's just because a, mur- a murder has happened That's in the true. town and you're suspicious of literally everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think we learned in this episode that she tutored Jason. No, in- we did not learn that. Sorry. Spoiler. I'm jumping alert. ahead. Yeah. We'll put it out there right now. We're going to be light spoilers on this podcast. Yeah. We won't talk about anything big that happens, but we will talk about stuff as we've already done a couple times. That comes well, it's been a on Netflix for a month, so yeah, exactly. catch up, You've everyone. Had this, is, yeah. this is the rewatch now, <laughs> which on. means number two, you already this know is, what happens. Uh, let's get ready for season two and talk about season one again yeah exactly yeah but yeah it's a very clear imbalance of power and it's not like as romanticized in Mm -hmm. this episode because he's not going to her saying like oh i want us to be together again he's going saying please tutor me in music lessons Mm -hmm. so tbd and jury's still out on what is going on with him yeah and it my pet theory about why it's like doesn't seem as weird as it does when we read about it in the news is because it's it's pretty obvious that they're the same age that they're basically the same (laughs) age like they may be trying to make grundy look old by putting these big glasses on her and and pulling her hair really really tight back in a bun exactly and they may be trying to make archie look young by putting a letterman's jacket on it but i I think we sort of see it everyone's in their mid-20s here. yeah exactly which like you know if it were different then I think maybe it would be more like, right. and it, it's not to say that it's not like, Ugh. like I think a lot of people watch it and they were like, oh, maybe we should stop doing this. I didn't like this at lines. all. Yeah. I didn't, I'm like, Ugh. I'm I, over it at this point. Yeah, that's true. So, okay. So that's Grundy. Uh, 
other people we should mention fred andrews uh father i mean all i had the one and only was luke that perry. it's luke perry it's luke perry hey luke perry's here everybody <laughs> that's all he's you... still finding work he's that's true. still around still working yeah little sad not to be that person but i was like mom luke perry's in the show there's mm-hmm. something for you and she went ew <laughs> i'm like oh no i was like wait seriously like not even back in the 90210 days and she's like blah 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 i was like oh god never I, mind see, sorry I, I haven't seen any of 90210 you know what was funny is that she goes what about that dad on gossip girl what was his <laughs> she likes rufus because he well, had a style i will say fred andrews is very like he is a simple he's kinda, man he's, he's a construction worker in that way but like he doesn't really he's you know a little scruffy he just wears flannel all the time that's like true. that's kind that's of true. he doesn't have a lot else going on at this point mm-hmm. he's just a dad yeah that's true and that is his role which is fine yeah that's a good point yeah uh so can we please talk about jughead Yes, got to get to Jughead. I'm sorry, I kept skipping <laughs> yes. over Jughead. Jughead Jones is the, the narrator. Is the narrator of for the, the show. show, and he the conceit is that he's writing a novel about Riverdale, and this is like I guess about we're kind Jason of like Blossom, adep- about the right, summer, so, about Jason Blossom. Yeah, it's interesting. In in this episode, he feels like very far removed. Honestly, watching this first episode, I like forgot that Jughead was a character in the yeah, comics until I saw him at the assembly when Archie was having that weird eye contact with Grundy. You see mm-hmm. Jughead being like, "Ugh, I can't believe I'm." Yeah, the stupid true. assembly and he's got his laptop <laughs> and he's writing his novel so and the other interesting thing is the one scene we get with between him and Archie who are supposed to be best friends is really like tense and awkward because mm-hmm. they've had this really big falling out and we're not sure why right um but you know he kind of makes it seem like if Archie had just opened up and like had a conversation with him they could they would still be very close friends but they're clearly not and he's very removed from everyone very removed from the group kind of feels like in mm-hmm. like a little omniscient kind of character at this point point. and i wonder if he wasn't and we've talked about this a little bit off air if he wasn't one of these characters that isn't intended to be part of the main cast but as they continued shooting they I love this liked him i love and that, that thought that's happened on parks and rec with andy dwyer mm-hmm. um, that happened on gossip girl with ed westwick as chuck bass mm-hmm. he was originally only supposed to be there for like two episodes and he's mm-hmm. British and he they had to like rush his his, <laughs> his American like his papers accent because they were like oh, oh, his, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah, they yeah. were like oh he's you know he's just gonna be real quick and do uh-huh. this and then they were like no we want you like you need to be in <laughs> you need America to figure it out. Yeah, yeah exactly so I mean and what is Gossip Girl without Chuck Bass literally nothing so like what am I gonna watch Dan Pass? oh God so uh, yeah I really like that because yeah. I also felt like that in the first couple episodes that they're mm-hmm. they kind was, of bring uh, him in a little bit a restrained more. character that you start to pull back and pull back and see more and more as mm-hmm. the show goes on and it gets really interesting and really good yeah which smart move because i mean yeah I, you may you all may Cole say Sprouse is nominated for teen choice award and he's the only one i i think cole sprouse i'm gonna put this on the record right now has a great future ahead of him i feel like he yeah. he could if he wants to be kind of be like this could be his 21 Jump Street, and he could be very like Johnny Depp, I feel like. Except for if he like not how Johnny Depp is. Correct. Now. Yes. I was like, yes. How he, he can kind of <laughs> take the mantle from the disgraced oh, God. Johnny Depp. Yeah. Because I mean, when. No, that's true. That's a good point. You know? Yeah. Because he's a very kind of weird and off the wall, but. But he's very also very well spoken. Off camera. Yeah. I've, I've, every single interview I've seen with the entire cast, like adults included, 
mm-hmm. everybody is very into their characters yes, very definitely. very intelligent about where where it's going what they feel about the town and like what they're excited to see mm-hmm. um and cole especially i think has a really yeah, good cole, point of view about jughead because he's a very interesting character it seems like cole dug pretty deep into the source mm-hmm. tech and i mean this is something we can talk about this in future episodes as well uh, he mentions how in some of the comics Jughead is asexual. Yeah, and, and Sadarsky's one version mm-hmm. of the comics. Yeah, and so and some he's like aromantic, but there are some canon things of him like being a little bit different, which is and mm-hmm. this they say a lot. Cole, as well as everyone else on the show, this is a completely new universe. This is a reimagining mm-hmm. of you know the Archie characters. It's a lot darker than you're used to yep. seeing, which is something that we're yeah, going to talk about sure. and. Um, you know, there are these nostalgic scenes of them and Pops with the milkshakes, but there's also this murder. Mm-hmm. So it's a really cool twist on yeah. something that's old. And Cole is like very aware of that. Yeah. And I think that's very interesting. Um, so, okay, let's fast forward a little bit. We have a day at school where uh, Betty and Veronica try out for the cheerleading squad. Yes. And Veronica... River um, Vixens for the win. I mean, yeah. they make the squad, you guys. Spoiler alert. Right. They're cheerleaders but now. Only after Veronica tells off Cheryl, which is pretty impressive Naturally. to watch. And then they yeah. bo- they bond a little bit over um, their kind of the shared pressure lives. that they're under. Yeah. And it, it's very interesting. They have a scene after the tryouts where they're walking the track uh, and they, we kind of discover that Betty wants to be Veronica and Veronica wants to be Betty. Yeah. Like Betty wants to be tougher, kind of stand up to her mom a little bit. Yeah. And, and Veronica it, wants to be mm-hmm. like more of a good girl. Good influence. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, she's, she's coming to this town and she's trying to reinvent herself and she sees someone like Betty who is so nice to everyone. So pure, like, so clearly like on top of it and, mm-hmm. And she's like, this is the kind of person that I want to be like, so I should spend time with this person and find out how they are this way, why they are this way, and I can be this way too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, Betty sees Archie go gaga over Veronica, and she wants him to look at her like that. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. She's like, oh, who is this interesting person? Um, You know, she clearly has an edge that I don't have. What is it about her that makes people intrigued and interested? And I think she also kind of wants to be the one to tell off Cheryl, but she doesn't feel like she can because she's supposed to be Betty Cooper, who is nice to everyone. And Mm -hmm. she just, she wants to do a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. that. So as they're walking the track, they run into Archie and Veronica tries to that, lead yes. Betty a little bit down the path that Betty wants to go down and says, all right, you need to ask uh, Archie to the Get dance right girl. now. And uh, Betty fumbles a little bit and says, why don't you come with both of us? And then Archie's the like, dance. oh, no. And Veronica's what? like, except yes, you are. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess yeah. I am. Like, dum 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 <laughs> yeah, All right. True. All it takes is a little Exactly. Bit and persuasion. I think that's also what Betty wants. She wants to be the person that's like, no, you're coming. Yep. And for him to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. So they ask, he says but yes. But that's a very interesting mo- good moment of female friendship. I mean, Veronica talks about her dad and how all these trolls were writing all these things that were true and it was Mm -hmm. really hard for her and she moved and she's trying to start over. And Betty talks about her sister Polly who used to date Jason and you know, she had this breakdown and she's gone and she says, "Um, but it was really my mom 
who broke mm. Polly. Mm-hmm. He's, she's like, Jason, you know, hurt her. My mom broke her. And clearly, like, her mom is still at home. We've met Alice Cooper. Yep. The first thing Alice Cooper said was <laughs> that she hopes a 17-year-old who died <laughs> suffered yeah. horribly and yeah. is burning in hell. Yep. Like, she's a very meet, intense woman. Meet Alice Cooper. Meet Alice Cooper. <laughs> Here's what she's up to. Yeah. Hoping, <laughs> hoping children burn in hell and yeah. forcing Adderall into her daughter's yes, hands. that's true. And telling her that she needs to focus and, mm-hmm. like, and all boys are like Jason Blossom. And yeah, and shouldn't join you Ger- need to be perfect. Cheryl's cheer- cheerleading team. Yes. Take that uniform off. Her blah, 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 blah. mom, who was so, so, so intense about, mm-hmm. Betty, you need to be perfect this year because colleges look for this and athletics and academics and blah, blah, blah. Betty comes home in a cheerleading uniform, like the epitome of a perfect daughter. Mm-hmm. And her mom hates Cheryl Blossom and the Blossom family and Jason so much that she says, absolutely not. Yeah. I'm like, that is a big... We got some That's a big dichotomy here. there. We yeah. got some conflict. Um, so fast forward a little bit more. We're at the dance. Um, uh, Archie talks to Grundy and is like, hey... I can't even talk about why her don't you? Can we not? Yeah. I we got to gotta summarize this just to get it out Do there. we... Oh, all right. Maybe we don't. I don't, know. I don't, know. I don't anyway. understand how teachers chaperone school dances. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm like, there she is yeah, sitting by the, and then like that's Moose and Reggie are spiking the punch bowl. Like okay, this is yeah, Grace. I'm like, yeah. you guys, what is going <laughs> on? Clearly, our our, oh my our person here, Ms. Grundy, is I doing think, a good job okay, supervising. Here's what I think everybody is interested in. I mm-hmm. think everybody wants to talk about the Veronica kiss. Okay, yeah, we gotta. Yeah. And everybody wants to talk about the Varchi closet right so we got to get so yeah let's get it out there so we can have all the all the ships on the table all the ships in the all harbor the ships. so uh, betty uses the dance as an opportunity at the urging the little yeah do it of um kevin and, and veronica yeah. to say listen i imagine us as a power couple at this school just came right and set out and said it and how do you feel about that and then and he like blinks like, and looks away and does not say anything yeah and i hate everything about it yeah so that he deserves better than that Archie. that is true yeah, yeah. and so uh, that puts her on edge. And then they all end up somehow at Cheryl's after party. Because chaos, Chris. Because chaos, That's of course. That's why. Yes. And <laughs> they're playing spin the bottle. The bottle ends up between Betty and Veronica and Cheryl to instigate the chaos. Naturally. Puts Veronica and in Archie the closet in the with closet Archie. together. Seven minutes in heaven with Which starts the out innocent stallion. enough with them saying, you know, hey, like, so how's New York City? Which, like, also, I love how they go in the closet and, like, Betty's very clearly, like, not happy. And I'm like... Everyone assumes yeah. that they're going to make out in the class. I'm like, but I mean, if I was at this party, I'd be like, so like, what's going on? You know Spoiler what I mean? Alert. Like, <laughs> they do make out in the closet. Well, they do, but you don't but have to. They didn't have to. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, it kinda, and it kind of starts like that with Veronica kind of trying to get some info on yeah, behalf of she's Betty. Like, so like, what what's going on with you and but, Betty? And he's like, he says, I've never felt the way I'm mm-hmm. supposed to feel about Betty. Yeah. Which is and interesting. Then, which was really interesting. And she says, have you ever felt it? And he's like, yeah, this summer, ew, with Grundy, <laughs> gag, with Grundy. terrible. <laughs> but then the interesting thing happens and he says, have you? And mm, Veronica yeah. says, maybe once. Which I didn't even think about this, but. I said, because well, originally I'm like, oh, someone from her past that you we know, don't know about. Avoid like, back in New, New York. York. Yeah. And then I was like, or is she talking about Archie already? What? I know. Yeah. Because, like, she's clearly very into him. She stepped mm-hmm. back because she wants to be friends with Betty and she wants to be a, a good girl like Betty. So mm-hmm. she's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to pursue this guy that I'm very interested in. Yep. Or, you know, and then they make this, like, sexy eye contact. Mm-hmm. And she's like, maybe once. Yep. It's like, oh, <laughs> watch out. So then they do a little bit of making out in the closet. Yeah. And then they come out of the closet after their seven minutes. Reggie is very mm-hmm. excited. And, um... 
uh, uh, Betty is nowhere to, be, gone. nowhere to be found. And because you know, as soon as they stepped in the closet, Cheryl was like, isn't it great how Veronica and Archie are yeah. making out right now? Like, oh God, that's probably <laughs> terrible. So they split up uh, to go look for her. Archie has a quick conversation with Jughead where they talk about how they used to be friends and should have talked it out. And then we get to really the key scene in the episode, which is Archie yeah. in front of Betty's, Betty's house. house. And Betty comes out. And, and like, may I just say... Flat space on yeah, flat space. A lot of flat space. I think I wrote my notes super centered because they're like they do this a it lot is, of times yeah. in the episode. They're like right in the center of the frame. Yeah. So you know she's walking out and it's very flat, and then he's walking towards her and it's very flat, and it mm-hmm. feels like like everything's converging on you. Everything has been leading to this yeah. moment. Like oh man. Yeah. It's a good. It's a it's a well shot scene. And yeah. she says, you know, do you love me? Do you feel you know what do you feel? Yeah. About do you love me? me? Do you even like me? Yeah. And he says. Of course, I love you, Betty, but I cannot can't give you the answer that you want. And she's like, "Why?" And he are says, "Are you not going to do that?" Ugh. But she's you know she's Betty, so she said in a normal way, not like how I would have said. True. But he's like, "You're so perfect, and I'm not good enough for you, and I'll never be good enough for you." Mm-hmm. Which I think, as a woman, is the most frustrating thing. Well, probably as a man, also the most frustrating thing you can hear from someone that you like. That's because true. there's nothing you can do. There's yeah. nothing you can say. I don't know if it there, often cuts the other you know, way. It does seem like a very quintessential. You're so guy perfect, response. and I'm I'm not good enough for you. And mm-hmm. it's like you you can't make that person have the self esteem to feel like they're good enough for you. So like you just lose out because someone is insecure enough to be in a relationship with you, mm-hmm. which is devastating on one level. But I feel like. There's a lot of focus in Betty's life on being perfect, especially coming from her mom. And, you know, I'm almost thinking, like, is she double heartbroken? Because first, Archie says that he can't be with her. Mm -hmm. But also... Heartbreak one. Yeah, he's been her friend forever. They've been childhood friends. He says, you're you're perfect. Mm -hmm. And she's clearly not. She's clearly struggling. She has you know this mom that's pushing these pills on her and like she's so stressed out at some point she self-harms she holds Mm -hmm. her fist closed so tightly that her palm starts bleeding from her nails Mm -hmm. and you know does that mean that archie doesn't really know her at all yeah because i feel like it's kind of a double heartbreak yeah if he knew her he would never say that to her because he would know the kind of pressure that her mom puts on her he would know the kind of anxiety that she deals with Mm -hmm. of having to follow this script of perfect girl next door and, you know, he wouldn't put her on a pedestal like that if they had, you know, if he really, really knew her. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is she doesn't say, no, I'm not. I have these problems. Like, I cut into my hands. I did th- I do this. I do this. She just kind of, like, accepts it and just, like, lets it wash over her and is very disappointed mm-hmm. and just goes inside. Yeah. And it's, it, it's interesting to think about that as a, as a story device that she's first heartbroken because he says no, obviously. But then yeah. also it's like, oh, you... You don't, you don't know me at all, it. do yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Know? It's one of those where, yeah. Yeah, so that was a very, very interesting moment. Um, and basically, that's kind of the conclusion of the episode. I think from there, uh, we... Yeah, then, then, that we, is just Then we go rough. to Kevin and Moose at hey. the lake about to uh, hook up. And Kevin... Tri- a little experimentation for Moose. Yep, exactly. Who, I can't blame who, him. Kevin is a catch. What an amazing person. Insists he's not gay. He's like, hey, I, I'm not gay. Moose does. Um, I mean, whatever you want to tell yourself, Moose. <laughs> exactly. You'll get there. So as they're getting ready to skinny dip in the river, uh, Kevin trips over none other oh, no. than the dead body no. of Jason Blossom, who, by the way, has a bullet 
wound in his head. Oh, surprise. What? Jason, the captain drown. of the water polo team, didn't drown in a calm river? You, you don't, don't say. You don't say. You don't say. Oh, guys. Someone shot Jason Blossom. And Jughead says that the first arrest will be made in the next episode. What? Tune in next week. Oh, man. Yeah. We still have more to talk about. That's true. But, and it, uh, it goes back into that so music intense. video a little bit. There's yeah, that yes, very everyone's interesting Everyone's at the river of, and you're getting yeah, close-ups of everyone who could be a suspect. being at the river for everyone's like... Everyone's in their clothes like, from the night before. Yeah, somebody went out <laughs> yeah. with a... Got, got on the cell phone, got on the group text and was like, hey, everybody come to the river. It's They're going to pull yeah, it's Jason's that, body it's out that the phone tree from the high school yeah, where it's like, everyone please text three others and let them know that the police are coming to like pull Jason's body your presence is requested off the by the river, river. Bank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And there's another great aerial shot of like the body bag passing under some caution tape that like I just like to geek out about because it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's beside that's neither here nor there yeah. at this point. And that kind of brings us to one of our kind of like wrap up questions that we mm. will be asking ourselves as we watch the episode, <clears throat> which I'm very interested in, which is where is the darkness in Riverdale? Yeah, Jughead, like where is it coming from? Jughead often talks about how this is a formerly innocent town that is now um you know you know something has shifted i mean this is the reason why we started this story you know we didn't start the story because archie got hot over the summer we didn't start the story because veronica came to town the story started because Mm -hmm. jason blossom was murdered Mm -hmm. so you know it's kind of status quo small town you know they use the words um iconic nostalgic throughout Mm -hmm. the episode and the comics are like that and yeah this is just kind of a new it's interesting because it could it could at this point Mm. you know and we'll be watching for this as we as we rewatch it go both ways it could be that like they're just doing this to up like the drama factor that like oh what's more dramatic than you know a dead body in the river literally nothing of the of the you know star athlete of school but it's also like can also go with you know this kind of stuff that Jughead is talking about with like oh yeah. this small town you know used to be innocent and happy and now it isn't and you know there's all these thoughts about nostalgia and you know you know was it really more innocent and but anyway the the question we get to is where is the darkness and we kind of see in this one that everybody's got a little bit of darkness that there yeah. is it's very interesting to see that there is kind of this 50s everybody's happy facade but at the same time everybody's got everyone's not happy right exactly yeah. there that, that may be the impression that they're you know trying to put right. off but it's like everybody's got issues. everyone has very real problems there yeah. are no so far it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like there are really any shallow problems the stakes are high enough in every character i mean except for archie mm-hmm. but you do find out um that he was down at the river on the 4th of July and heard that's a gunshot true. with yeah. Mrs. Grundy and isn't saying anything. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of when you get the darkness in his character. It's He's not exactly the golden boy that always tells the truth and does the right thing. I mean, she that's said, true. no, we can't tell anyone or people will find out about us. And he said, selfishly, is like, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't want yeah. anybody to find out that I keep wanting to make out with my music teacher. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to say that a kid was murdered. That's true. So, you know, it's, there's a little bit of that. And I feel like a lot of the darkness comes from the is it like the parents lives seeping Mm -hmm. into the kids lives is it the kids have to clean up the parents messes Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of that in veronica's story with her dad and um there's a lot of that with betty's mom Mm -hmm. too so it's kind of there's a lot of there's a lot of external darkness that's pressing on these kids and you know it keeps cropping up and it's maybe it's a little bit more about the darkness is more like growing up in reality mm-hmm. rather yeah. than 
And I think that's interesting. You know, <laughs> we are not teens anymore. Um, but I think the show does have a pretty, from my understanding, like a pretty solid following with teens. Yeah. Um, and Number one show on Instagram. Number yeah, one going show they, on Instagram. They talk about that in the... Everything's uh, on Instagram now, you guys. In the uh, in one of the previews, it's like the fastest growing show on Snapchat Instagram. Snapchat is which, like, dead. I okay. repeat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this just No in. one is doing Snapchat anymore. <laughs> if you're an old like us, get off of Snapchat. <laughs> it's no longer where it is. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I also like thinking about during the rewatch is, you know, if, if I were a teen, why would I find this appealing? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of interesting conversation. This kind of this happens when Archie is talking to Jughead, where he mentions I was Jason doing what he was supposed to be doing, which I think is a very. And then he says, did he even know what that was? Right. Which is a very which is interesting. And that kind of thinking back, like. I feel like if I were a teen, that would have reson- resonated with me because they're definitely. Like, I feel like everyone is still going through that, where they're like, yeah. "Okay, like like us." I'm like, mm-hmm. we, "I am 26. Like yeah. we are engaged. We are yeah. doing the thing we are supposed to do." Like, yeah. And, and there's a lot. There's I just so a, much more of that in high school. It's especially because, acute in high school yes. and college. Um, and, and and you kind of learn as they do. It it it's interesting to think of Riverdale like okay, it's this very dark place. But if you if you view that through the eyes of someone who's learning that you can do everything correctly and still have bad things happen to you, or vice versa, point. you can do everything bad and good things still happen to you. Yes. That Welcome to the real might world. sound a lot like Riverdale, and it might yeah. seem a little over dramatic to do it like this with all these dark colors and all this moodiness and whatnot. But I think it's perfect. Yeah, that's, I think it's perfect. For I think it. that's kind of like it how is. it can it's, feel to be a teen. Sometimes it is. You know? It's like you know you're used to like the Disney villain falling off the cliff at the end and the happily ever after, and like that doesn't have to happen. Yeah, and like what a terrible thing to learn, and yeah. what a terrible <laughs> thing to learn in a town where you thought everything was yeah, fine, where you thought and everything every, was good, everyone was good, and we kind of pushed our problems down because they weren't that bad, mm-hmm. you know. But and now we get into this like we cannot look away from it. Like let's yes. face the yeah. harsh realities now, of, the t- of the town and our lives. And what was buried behind is right. now who. Out. It's kind of like who can you really trust? Like do you ever really know people mm-hmm. who are your friends? Really not yeah. like who are your friends? Like I don't mm. know who my real friends are, but like who are your friends? Like what yeah, kind of yeah. people what are kind they? Of people are they? Yeah. How do they influence you? And um, are are people inherently good? Are mm-hmm. people inherently bad? I mean, and that's what Jughead is often asking about the town: is right. this an inherently good or a bad place? Yeah, and we'll have to find We're out. Find out. Next There's week. a lot of light and a lot of dark. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. So come back and join us again for episode two, titled "Touch of Evil." The title of this episode oh, was "The River's Edge." Uh, uh, episode two is Touch of Evil. They're all classic movie titles. Uh, I believe so. They, oh, I mean, Touch of Evil is most Orson Welles film that we had to watch in school. That's true. I don't know if The River's Edge is, but Touch of Evil definitely is. Yes. Yeah, so, so next Jason's out of the time, lake. Yeah. And the and police are investigating. Made. Yes, that's right. Jughead leaves the episode saying, by like fifth period, period or whatever. Yeah, on Monday the, or whatever. Right, the, the first arrest. The first would arrest. Be made. I mean, we're like, oh, Ooh. we got to know who is it. Exactly. So follow us on Twitter at casualcritic.com pod uh facebook and instagram at casual critics podcasts and questions to casual critics podcast at gmail.com and rate us and review us on itunes that helps us get the word out about the show so uh we're gonna sign off for this week and we'll see you next time for episode two Ooh, touch of evil is, and is that episode of riverdale good oh yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, Chris, we forgot to answer the question episode good? is this episode of riverdale good yes dare i say this is episode i, is great. I loved this episode it was I, phenomenal. I was shocked how much after we watched it for the first time 
I turned to Brittany and I went, I'm into it. I, I, <laughs> I want to know what happens. <laughs> he goes, next episode. Let's go. Like, okay, yeah. yes. Exactly. So, yeah, I was very into it after this first episode. And we'll have to see. So uh, much more if that, to if talk about. Up. What do you think? Is this epi- is Riverdale uh, good? I would say it is very good. I would say, listen, I have some, I mean, we will talk about our issues yeah. with the show. Oh, yeah, I have yeah. Some, oh, I have we're getting some, there. <laughs> yeah, I have some things that I have would like to talk about mm-hmm. of things I did not find good yeah. later in the season but i did find this episode good good yes thanks for listening everybody we'll see you next time